Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, What If Season 2? I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And what if we waited several weeks to talk about What If Season 2? That's what's going on here. It's been out for a while. If you haven't checked it out on Disney+, Plus, go watch it. We're going to be talking about the entire season, presumably getting into spoilers. Before we do, though, let's do... Time! Space is reality. So I got to admit, I know you guys, I'm sure, did this, but I did not go back and listen to all of our podcasts for What If Season 1. So I'm not 100% familiar. Uh, Yes, of course. That's what I'm saying. I know you guys did the research. But as far as I remember, I think we were mixed on it. There were things that we really liked. There were things that we were kind of iffy about, no pun intended. But Mm. given Mm -hmm. all that... How did you feel about season two on its own as well as compared to season one? Uh, for me, like the oh, this Justin. show is just beautifully made. The animation is excellent. It's really well directed. I think uh, the the two sort of points I would make outside of like just positive uh, vibes is I think the general Marvel like weariness mm-hmm. is affecting this show. Because this feels like, hey, remember all those movies that you're a little bit tired of the complex plots about? We're going to dive back into those and give you like another angle on them. And it's the it's the multiverse. And the fact that the Marvel Universe has become a little bit what if in large scale, (laughs) it damages this show a little bit from a creative perspective. So I think that's like that's a factor. And then um, just the the these these would be more fun uh, there are ways to make these more fun and i think we can talk about that a little bit as we get into the individual episodes mm, sounds a little skewing negative i would say what about you pete no actually i want to skew more positive because i okay. think th- this is one of the most like just really well made it's the, the episodes are a little have a little bit more variation between them and the look and feel i think in a really good way and they're just really well directed beautiful imagery throughout so I, I i'm generally positive and just i'm extending our negative our like bad vibes about marvel across to this show love it yeah extend <laughs> okay, those bad vibes <laughs> <laughs> when I go to a party, I'm like, hey, good news, everybody. I brought the bad vibes from my previous party. Brought it with me at home crying. That is your thing. <laughs> Pete, yeah, what about you? you? Like to, you when you go to a party, <laughs> you like to set up the cry room. You're like, where's yeah. the cry yeah. room going to be? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I'm not a fan of what if in general. I don't. I'm not a mm. big fan of the comics or. Uh, uh, so the TV show, the problem is you fall in love with the great idea and it's just like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's it, too short. It, well, it, I feel like in this yeah. show, you actually get to fall in love with it and continue to love it at least a little bit. Oh, but, but you're Pete's a more fan about of how, like, why if and how <laughs> if, right? Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. Pete sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here, you're more of a fan of what if not? What if we just didn't? Is well, that the kind thing of what is, it is? It's, it's a fun exploration of different angles, different ideas on something we know and love, but it has no ramifications. You know what I mean? It's in this own little world that doesn't affect the real world, and I wish that it did because we get some great stories in here. And like Justin, I think this is fun. I think that it is beautiful. Uh, the opening of episode six, where you're kind of on this like beautiful kind of different version of Earth, uh, I-, I loved it. I thought it was a quiet, really powerful way to kind of start an episode. But I just think that like. Uh, you know, it's hard because it's like here we have, you know, and there's the episode of like 
you know, Peggy and Cap and, you know, they, will they, won't they, they never get to get a W. So it's like, um, like it's a kiss W, like in a sex a whole W new way. There's, it's, yeah, they, they don't even get a kiss in there, but I, I just think it's one of those things where it's, it's real quick, Justin, when you're teaching your kids about the constellations play. and you see a W sky, you're like, there's that sex W kid. Sex W. That's the sex dub. Cassie I consider that a great dub. lens to learn about anything, really. <laughs> uh, see those three dots in a row? That's a dick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Orion's <laughs> dick is your famous, your, uh, your pornographic astronomy class. Oh, teach. boy. I can't believe you guys are in charge of people. Yeah, I, I, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun show, but it just isn't. You know, it's just kind of this little pocket where you get to have a little bit of fun, but you also have to have all the knowledge to be able to enjoy it. Uh, so it's tricky a little bit. But Jeffrey Wright doing voiceovers, having fun is is I'm here for it. What if you got to be in a tiny little pocket for nine episodes? I'll yeah. tell you what, I'm enjoying this fun pocket, I got to say. Maybe I'm going to be way more positive than both of you guys here. I was Love a little it. down on the first season for a variety of reasons. I think the biggest reason, which frankly does extend to this season as well, is I don't think most of these are what ifs the way that I traditionally think about them from the mm. comic books. The idea, and we've talked about this incessantly on the podcast, so I won't spend too much time on it. But in my mind, the idea of a what if is you take one moment or one scene or one characteristic of a character in the Marvel Universe, and that's your what if, and then you branch off from there. A lot of these don't really start there, or the what if scenarios are a little too many steps or too complicated. Mm. And they, I they strike me a little bit more like uh, DC's Elseworlds, where it's more yes. like the first episode, I think, is a great example of this, where what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? The actual what if is what if Ronan killed Thanos, right? Yeah. But then there's a bunch of different steps there until what they really want to do is what if Nebula, but Blade Runner. You know, and that's well, exactly pretty. like what if what if Nebula was a hard nosed sci fi detective kind yeah, of, which but, is fine. Like, and I'm yeah. fine with that. But uh, my point being, in the first season, that bothered me a little bit more. Now that we have two years of distance from that first season, watching these, I was like, all right, I still feel that way. But overall, I thought these episodes had more fun. I had for more fun watching them. They were looser. They were a little shaggier. Not every one of them worked, but overall, I had a really good time with the season. I also like that they're tackling uh, hard subjects. Like, what if Die Hard was a Christmas movie? I felt mm-hmm. like this perfectly it, oh, it shows how Die Hard <laughs> is a Christmas movie, and nobody can say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever talks about this, but Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie. Yep. That's wow. also set at Christmas. Finally, Die Hard a new is area of is this not dumb a Christmas debate. movie. That is a summer movie. It takes place in summer. It's very hot in the city. Yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, definitely good stuff. Great. Anything to add there about Die Hard? No, no. I want to can actually, can I un-add? Can I say, what if none of the Die Hard conversation entered this uh, oh, wow. podcast? Okay. All right. I also agree with you, by the way, about the animation. Very positive on the, the style here. Uh, it still doesn't totally work when they just focus on people's faces. Like, the lips don't quite move the right way. But yeah. the action is killer like yeah. up there with some of the, the best frames. action in the mcu yeah great oh, stuff yeah. really well good. and i just i on the what if versus elseworlds thing i think that's such a smart observation because it's true the what if in the comics was like took the biggest swings where it was like what if the fantastic four died in space or like whatever it was just like what as a kid i was like 
what? How are you even thinking this? And then we get to read that story, and it felt like such like hard-hitting stuff. These are such, because they're using the MCU, there are only certain you know layers of the onion they can peel back. So I think that everything's a little bit like smaller stakes to me when what I want are those big type, more Titanic shifts, but because they want to keep it in the MCU sort of guardrails, they do, you know, the storytelling they have at their fingertips is, is what we have here. Yeah. Well, uh, let me throw out a couple. I know I mentioned the first one, the what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps, which despite not really feeling like a what if for me, still very fun, very stylish. The whole idea of taking Nebula and putting her in her Blade Runner situation is great. I, I was just going to contrast it with one episode, and then Pete, if you'd like to, oh, take yeah, it finish me. up, finish up. Yeah. I just had uh, something versus the second episode, which I've actually heard people are very down on, but I thought as a what if scenario was the most precise. This was what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes, mm. and uh, that very specifically. No, was, I. Oh, hold on. Let me just finish my thought and then you can take it away. The very specifically <laughs> the idea of like, OK, what if Peter Quill directly went to Ego instead of being kept by Yondu and branching it off from there, showing some logical things that progressed out of there as a concept? I like that. Whatever you thought about the episode, Pete. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that it was what if Peter uh, Quill was a city kid. Like, what if he was raised in New York City? That's what the premise was. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, one time he's a country kid, one time he's a city yeah, kid. Yeah, city kid. Famous yeah. the mice, the famous mice. Growing uh, up in yes. the streets of New York, like, wow, how would that affect it him? It changes you. Yeah. I grew up yeah. in the country and obviously famously on uh, well water, so I didn't have fluoride. <laughs> so I, if I grew up in the city, I just have stronger teeth. Oh, man. What a difference. That'd be crazy. Would Think what be... I could eat through. I'd be matter eater lad. Well, again, the the thing that I liked, I understand, good joke, Pete, Uh, the thing that I liked about this episode is taking that and then thinking, okay, if he immediately came back to Earth with these powers to seed everything for Ego, the same way that was set up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, who would fight against him? And we get this array of characters against him who are essentially the Avengers of the 1980s, I guess? 88, I I believe it's said uh, and it all makes logical sense, and it's very fun, and it shows us some new characters in different ways. So I really like that. That really worked for me. Well, it, uh, let, just let me jump back to the first episode real quick, because I have a really yeah. important thing to say. Okay. Howard the Duck, he's around. He's in this episode. Right. Tonal mismatch, but I think it worked. His martini glasses are too small. Mm, not wow. big enough. Not They're not big enough. In the future, less is more. You Are you saying like not... he needs a, one of those gigantic party martini glasses? Because no, he, he just a needs a – that's the thing. I'm not trying big to make a whole thing. martini glasses? He needs a regular size martini glass. He has – he's like a little – he's it's drinking a, future, a little triangle. Right? It's like a fancy shot glass. And he's a drinking a martini. He needs – we, we, we can see him make a martini. It goes the other way in the future. You know what I mean? We, mm-hmm. we live the life of the big gulp, but what we do is in the future, you make it more powerful and just – downsize a little. Sorry, quick follow-up. When you say we live the life of a big gulp, can you just give me a little bit more? What does that mean? For and you said we, not you. All we all. Society so as a whole lives that mm. big gulp life for a while and then it's like, yo, we gotta cut down to these big gulps. The big gulps. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I would like to back up the truck and just say that I did enjoy the Marvel... The, I just want to clarify, the truck is not... The truck is literally has not left the warehouse yet. It's well, at the we've been beginning. talking a lot about different episodes. It, like, keeps, it keeps pulling out and then and we're like, no, no, come back, come back. Beep! 
I'm just saying at the start, I do appreciate the fact that we have a different kind of Marvel flip here. They put a little animation flair on it a little Mm -hmm. bit, which I appreciate. Uh, But I do wish that they, you know, each episode, you know, give a different kind of flair, you know, so. uh, Well, I mean, they did a nice job, I thought, of holding off on the full Marvel animated logo until the last episode. That was a fun surprise to get right at the beginning of there. Uh, But I agree with you. It was kind of short. It's like. You expect the full Marvel fanfare at this point, so for it to be like dun, 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 is yeah. not quite enough. Yeah. It's not satisfying. But that all said, well, oh, and then and then just one more backup. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright is doing a full William Shatner in this. Like, yeah, do you feel course. like it's too far? Are we too far into Shatnerverse with the, his VO? We talked about this a bit with the first season. I don't feel like they get Dime. the watcher. <laughs> I don't think they give the Roger the proper gravitas for the show necessarily. There's a lot of like <laughs> silly cartoon stuff that he does, yeah. which I get the joke and I understand why they're pushing back on it. But you got Jeffrey Wright, who has this amazing voice. Yeah. The Watcher is this character that the pontificates. Tones. And the amount of times they go to the well of like, what the hell's going on here? Yes. And oh, no. <laughs> the episode where he and Peggy Carter are like palling around. I'm like, What? Yeah. He's a, a <laughs> celestial force. Why is he just like, I mean, like, yeah, it's where I live. I eat over there. This is where I sleep. I was like, why is this so casual? Yeah. Uh, I was talking with my kids not, so just as this came up. Which universe do you think the Watcher uses as a bathroom? Mm. Wow. Ours. Uh, clearly ours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think He's that. living that big gulp life. And that yeah, makes exactly. It, it, it takes a toll on society. We've already covered this. I just think, though, that speaking of amazing voiceover actors, it's still a little bit tough because there are some people who've signed on to the original voices, like in season one, where you, you know when there's missing the voice. And that's a little tough. Also... This is the first time we haven't had Chadwick Boseman doing the voice of Black Panther, so give me a little something. Either, well, but that either. was in the second episode. Those were the actors who played uh, T'Chaka in the movie. Like, right. I think both of them, right? Like the older version and the younger version. Mm-hmm. So you are still getting those actors there. I understand what you're saying. I mean, there's a lot of confusion, I think, because the actors, I think it's Mick Wingert, does the voice of Iron Man Tony Stark. Uh, yeah. There's, I'm blanking on the other names, uh, but Lake Bell, for example, Bell does, does yeah. uh, Scarlett Johansson. But they do a good job, I think. They I'm do a really good with... job. But I understand, like, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Getting on the negative side that Justin was mentioning before, there negative is a little Justin. part of me when I see, like, Chris Hemsworth popping up constantly. I'm like, oh, I wonder how he feels about that now, Give, given that there's the shine is off the MCU a little bit. No, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I feel like it. he seems pretty chill about it. I don't know. Yeah. But um, the rest of them, like they all signed up for this when the MCU was the hottest thing. And now we're past that point. I don't know. Maybe they're calling their agents being like, no thanks on season three. But we'll see. Chris Hemsworth's too busy doing a million other things mm-hmm. to care. And Robert Downey Jr. is like, I'm going to be maybe winning an Oscar this year. So he's pretty <laughs> Well, it also give more voice actors jobs. Like don't exactly. just give them to celebrities. So it's all right. It's all good. What do we yeah. talk? Should we get into this one? I feel like we're going to have a significant disagreement on what. Uh, real quick on the, on the Peter Quill. Like <laughs> I uh, just and then we'll be caught up. Then we'll be all be caught up with all right, the right. things. 
A little bit of a stretch on the of the Avengers team they pulled together here with your uh, your Wendy Lawson mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling that yeah, card. But I was that like, was, what? That I was like great that. to that was hear her voice. And also, we got I, Lawrence Fishburne in that episode. So yeah, no, I'm not I'm not digging on it. I just it's just a funny thing that they like. We're like, well, let's, let's get everybody we could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, great Kirby Crackle. On the Star Lord finger gun at the end mm-hmm. of that episode, I thought. Shouts to that. Shouts that to fun. Kirby Crackle. Yeah. Shouts to Kirby Crackle. Uh, let's fight about this. What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? Uh, this is one that I think Justin, you mentioned every single promo. You're like, that can't possibly be the entire episode of Die Hard thing, right? So, what'd you think? And it was, except they got Happy Hulk Hogan in here, mm-hmm. which um, I wrote that down as like, is this a joke they're going to make? And then they did say it. Yeah, so shouts to them. Uh, and, you know, they don't they don't nail the comedy when they're like, this was like the comedy episode. I feel like it was a little bit uh, hit and miss. But good Avengers fighting, I thought. This was yeah, great. Yeah, the fight sequences were really fight. fun. One of the better fights of the season, I thought. Also, I liked his bit of like, you can see me, can't you? You know, that was a yeah. fun bit. I, I was all right with this episode. I, I don't know. This was the one that went the furthest afield to me from the what if concept. Like, this is something that just could have happened in the regular universe other than him turning into a Hulk. But even that could have happened and they just never mentioned it. It Was the what if concept like what if Justin Haber <laughs> tried like a little bit harder to break out of prison? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we got a hammer dance. So that's always fun. Right. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Awesome as Justin Happer. So great. Yeah. So great to hear him back slash kind of see him back. But again, this was one that just felt like, ah, we just wanted to die hard in the Marvel Universe, which is fine. But I don't know. There, there's no other place in the MCU, I guess, to do that. So it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it had its you know, fun. I mean, the, you know, the music when the kind of door opens and la, 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 la. I mean, that was just, that's a fun it's, callback moment. It's when all he's fun. Doing the I'm not fall. mad about any of this. Yeah. Like that was, <laughs> it's a fun execution of ideas. And the best idea in it though, was Ross Marcand who did the voice of Red Skull in Infinity War and Endgame. Did the voice of Werner, the Werner. Werner, yeah, that yeah, bit was, that was funny. very funny. Please bring that. If nothing else comes out of this season, Werner get Ross Herzog to do fucking. Werner Herzog <laughs> as the Iron Man operating system. Because that that's a very was, fun joke. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. And then we like, on? oh, sorry, Happy, you're on your own. We got Werner Herzog over here. We can't do anything with Great this stuff. Guy. Um, by the way, how'd you feel about all the representation of your boy Happy Hogan in this season? Pete? Yeah, you Did must have loved that. Happy? It did. It did. I mean, you know, when he's there, comedy's right behind him. So I'm all for it. You must. That was like this. This season got like a giant, like cardboard cup of Happy Hogan. Like, I feel like, Mm -hmm. well, how would you drink a cup that that full of Happy Hogan? Pete? That's what I'm saying. You got to reduce it down because it's too much for us. Oh, you're cooking it down. You're like sort of distilling into like a happy syrup. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. And, and I want to mention, I totally agree with your statement. When Happy Hogan is there, comedy is right behind him. Like, it never quite meets up to him. They're oh, always just a couple on. of paces away from each other. That's not yeah. true, man. Let's talk. He's a, this, he's the next episode is kind of an interesting one. It's the what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster. The wait, reason- wait, 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 wait. Wait, oh no. my God. The, the grabbing the <laughs> purple spandex and jumping out the window was just like. Uh, that, that's funny. That's funny. You got to admit that's funny. 
it's funny on paper. I think it played like it didn't make as much sense in relation to anything else. And it's I was like, oh, like reference. the Die Hard thing. I know the reference. But I'm saying it was too much of a reference. Because okay, he's a Hulk. Down, calm down. Too loud. Too loud on this audio podcast. Calm down. He's a Hulk. So the spandex is a Hulk reference. Like, yeah, I know. It's a great cross joke. It's funny on hot cross jokes. I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to say it anyway. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? This is an interesting one because this was supposed to be in the first season. In fact, it was supposed to be the season one finale when you had already met this version of Gamora and then I believe this version of Tony Stark also pops in there. And then I guess the idea was to end on a fun episode after the big bombastic fight against Ultron with the Infinity Gems at the end of last season. Instead, they didn't finish the production in time, so they put it here. So we basically get Fast and the Furious meets um, Thor Ragnarok, but with Iron Man. Yeah. This is another one that I was like, there's too many steps to get here. Yeah. I don't mind this. I have f- fun watching it. The race it. was fun. The race is fun. I'm, don't, I'm not mad. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Jeff I Goldblum is great I, in this. I'm, I'm not mad. Jeff Goldblum, great. But this is another funny. thing that I don't feel like is necessarily a what if. Like, what if Iron Man was in place in Thor Ragnarok? I'm just, there's, again, a couple of steps removed. And I feel like they're probably almost definitely not going to do this for a third season. But I feel like that is a step that personally I need removed because it gives me a little bit of blockage right at the top of the episode, trying to figure out the lo- logic of how we get here. Yeah. Anyway. What did you guys think about this one? This was what if we got more Jeff Goldblum is what this was. And they did that perfectly. That's what uh, his wife the, the says whole, every morning. The, cha- <laughs> the chariot race. Well, hopefully she does. The chariot That's race really nice. joke was really funny. The way that awkwardly kind of like sat there. I thought, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like this was fun. To echo Alex's thoughts, like, I definitely see why they punted this to the next season. My guess is this was going to be like a mid-season episode, first season. They couldn't get it done. So, like, well, let's put it at the end. It'll be a fun coda to the season. Couldn't get it done. Punted it. Smart move. Because this episode is, there's like you're saying, there's so much going on. And it feels like the most try-hard episode. It's, like, tr- really pushing these ideas together. And it, it just makes for, like, t- like the, the race is fun. I love Korg, Fred Korg Flintstoning it. Come He's on. He's Fred Flintstoning it all yeah. around. Great, great demon in a bottle ref. Uh, but otherwise, this one felt like it didn't all, didn't feel like a natural story. I felt like they were really, like, squeezing. Korg being like, oh, man, I never should have voted for that guy. I mean, this is, that's fun stuff. Yeah, Korg is very fun. Real Korg energy these first few episodes of that. I was like, this is a Korg show. The the alarm, Jeff Goldblum just being like, alarm, alarm, just. Yeah, that was fun. I also, I like Bell the end credits tag, the one with Jeff yeah. Goldblum just being like a 70s psychedelic right out of um, uh, a yellow submarine puddle yeah. of colors being like, sponge, sponge, yeah. sponge me. That was cool. Yeah, the lady yelling we when everybody was uh, losing it was really funny. That was hysterical. It's good. Thor. The problem is like Thor Ragnarok is funny. So this is, I don't know, I would say like one step behind it. Like it's always behind it in terms of funny, but. Nope. Right there, right next to each other. Just like salt and pepper. You want to take a big gulp of it. Tony was like, I got to get home to pepper. And then Korg was like, I'm a salt man myself. I mean, that's. Classic. 
Comedy right next to each other right there. <laughs> and yeah. Comedy adjacent. I agree. Comedy. <laughs> next one. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? This is the big one that uh, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter appeared earlier in the season. But they said that the stalwart of this show is going to be Captain Carter coming back every single season, which presumably means we're going to get Captain Carter Civil War next season, which is weird for, since this mm. one was Captain Carter Winter Soldier. Um, still surprising to me, and I, I would say I was thrown at first, but pleasantly surprising to take Winter Soldier and jab it up with Black Widow in a new way. That was something that I wasn't quite expecting, you know? I did like the the back and forth between Peggy and uh, Black Widow there. I liked that that team up was nice. And, uh, you know, the it gets you in the heartstrings this episode. You know, the mm-hmm. whole, I didn't want to break your heart twice. I was like, oh, God, you're going to do it anyway, aren't you? I, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, Justin, because I got the feeling that you're not really into the Peggy and Steve relationship as much as a lot of people are. Yeah, you're it's a funny you say that. I'm a, I'm a heartless monster. No, this is, I think, my favorite episode of mm-hmm. the run. Okay. I thought, I, this should Zalvin. be... This should be a Captain Carter. I'd rather. Out things. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm presenting. So here's how interviewing works. Okay. So oh, when you're. Oh, boy. This is going to be really good. Journalism uh, 101. We're all journalists here, Alex. You don't need to flex oh, on of us. Course. We're, we're just um, a trio of journalists. Nope. Captain Carter is the best character in the show, I think. And like the one, it, I just, I just wish this was a Captain Carter series mm-hmm. because then we could just follow her. And I, I have more to say later about this with the second episode that features, features her. Like this, I thought was the most beautifully done episode. The colors in this episode were so good. Uh, it felt like, a real more like the what if I was talking about earlier, where it was a real push out on this idea. I think they should make the titles a little bit better in this show. Yes. Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what if Captain Carter was reunited with her lost love or like anything yeah, that has yeah. a little juice to it? Because I, I thought the emotions in this episode were great. Captain Carter is such a lightning rod dynamic character. That's what I want to see in this because I love this episode. I mean, on the title thing. I don't necessarily have a better plus-up version for this one, but I think that does get back to the essential what-if thing. It feels like they're hiding the concepts a little bit for whatever reason in the titles when the whole idea is to put it out there, intrigue you with, like, I don't know, what's what's a good example of it? Like, uh, I have no good examples. Um, yeah, what if season. Peter Quill was given to Ego? You know, that yeah. that's not necessarily a better title right there, but that at least gets the concept across. You're like, okay, I know it's different. Now show it to me. And that's what, what, what if a young, what if Star-Lord threatened Earth when he was a kid? Like, right. give me the, give me the heat. Because oh, like you're saying, what like, if, go ahead. What if Steve and Peggy <laughs> got to have a nice conversation in a gazebo? You know what I mean? Yeah, that what hits to a certain audience all as of well. the, Just for our listening audience, all of these suggestions are bad that were coming up off the top of her head while we're trying to give better options. But I think the point still stands, not to get nope. too into comedy can, theory or anything. prove the point before it stands. Not to get into comedy theory, but something <laughs> that I always found very annoying that I learned very early on with the internet uh, is you got to put the comedy concept of the title of your video, which always drove me insane because I feel like part of the comedy is the reveal. Like you 
build up to it, and then you reveal what it is, and that's the first pleasant surprise when you're watching the sketch or whatever. But that's not what people want on the internet. They want the concept yeah. out there immediately because it draws them in, and then they know what it is when they're watching it. I think it's yeah. kind of the same thing with these episodes. They st- got to stop playing coy with the titles for whatever reason. But again, very, very small point to talk about this episode, which, again, I do think is interesting. And I do think did a better job than the first Captain Carter episode in the first season, which was almost beat for beat Captain America, the first Avenger, except with Captain Carter. Here, this starts with Winter Soldier, but it starts to branch off really quickly into Black Widow stuff, but mixes it up in a very interesting way with uh, Rachel Weisz as Melina. Melina. I don't know. Natasha's I, overall, mom. yeah. Overall, I really like this. I thought this was a good one, and I do yeah. really like the relationship as well. Uh, something that they continue to revisit throughout the season, which I thought was very nicely done. Yeah, yeah. The, Natasha in this episode really got a lot of fun moments. The you know mom moment, the hey sisters, like the, she was having some fun. The, you know when you get to kind of have that Black Widow rise sense of humor moments, it's a it's a good time for sure. And I also throw out there on voices, I think Lake Bell maybe does the best job of any of the yeah. uh, a great not, actor. Not replacement voices, but like her, yeah. the people who sub in for the movie stars because she's awesome and she embodies the Black Widow character. When she says, I can't lose you again, I, you know, I, I started getting choked up. Yeah. Let's move on to what I think is probably the biggest one in the season, or at least this is the one that Marvel was pushing the hardest. What if Cahorti reshaped the world? This introduces an entirely original MCU character here, Cahorti, who is in pre-colonial America, the idea being that the piece of the Tesseract lands near their settlement and uh, really musses things up at a lake. It gives them a lake with another uh, portal to another dimension. The old power lake. Old Power Lake, and she gets a bunch of powers off that. What did you guys think about this one? What did you think about this character? Justin? I, I like this. It it just felt out of place in this series. Like, it felt like they – and again, like, I want that – if this was if – if this was a Captain Carter series and we got this episode and found a way for Captain Carter to be in this, amazing. But it felt like it felt like this was an outside idea that came here, and so it just just felt like a, a a little bit of a mismatch for the series, and so it was it was hard to understand exactly what what was happening for a lot of it. But I thought it was a great idea. I love the Cahorti character. I like the stuff they're dealing with. the The lake stuff was cool. Um, it just uh, so I think it stands. A, it's a good episode on its own two feet. It just sort of felt strange, when, especially when it got so much hype. It's like this is the what if episode you got to see. I was like, this is the first episode of a different show that you want us to see. Uh, to get to Justin's old point, I think this was a very beautiful episode. Um, the kind of sky world was very uh, uh, magical and uh, had some beautiful views. But it felt a little avatar to me a little bit where I was just mm. like, what are we doing here in the upside down? Like, what's going on? Um, you know, uh you know, people are murdering your village uh, in the real world here. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 a it's an interesting thing at for number six to kind of throw in there uh, for sure. It kind of really changes things. But, um, you know, that's the fun of the what if they're just kind of throwing stuff against, against the wall and seeing what they like. Uh, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I want to add that I think 
this is very laudable that they're doing this to not only have indigenous characters, but include indigenous voices here from the cast to yes. the language to have them consult on the show. Um, this is, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, but the Haddadasani Confederacy is where it's located. And I believe they're the Mohawk tribe. So they were very, very specific about that, both in terms of the colors, the looks and everything. So love that. There was a certain sense here of going maybe slightly over the top in care in terms of the powers that they give Cohorty, where there's this entire sequence where is it Arthrax is the name of the character who keeps being like, wow, Cohorty, you're the most amazing person that's ever lived. Cohorty, you're doing a great job. Wow, you're powerful, Cohorty. We love you, Cohorty. But I was like, just let me let me love her. Like, let me just enjoy this character and come yeah. to enjoy this character, which frankly, I think I did more in the second episode when it felt Death. like there was a better exploration of her powers and how they work. They it felt like there were a little bit of self-imposed limitations versus here where it seemed like she could do literally anything. Watching this yeah. episode, my impression of her powers were like, oh, similar to how these Scarlet Witch's powers are red, these powers are blue and they could do anything. Yeah. But then by the second episode, at least my supposition is that her powers are space because of the space stone. So she's able to run fast because she's moving herself through space. She's able to move things with her mind because she's moving them through space. And same thing with controlling and creating portals. Again, it all ties back to space. I don't think that's explicitly stated, but that's something that became clear in the second thing. And the last thing that I'll say about this is Devere Jacobs, who does the voice. Love her. So good on Reservation Dogs. Uh, yes. She's also weirdly going to be doing a live action role on Echo, which is coming out pretty soon. So, awesome. Uh, totally unrelated. Two different characters, uh, but always good to see her and the rest of the cast great as well. So there you go. Agree. And like, it's funny, in the next episode we're going to talk about with um, Hella, mm-hmm. there's so much Hella, time spent like. Hella. So much time spent being like, here's how you can learn about p- different powers. I was like, what? I wanted that in this where we're introducing new mm-hmm. powers and this new character. And instead we get it with Hello, which I was like, I don't need this here. So th- mm-hmm. that to me was just strange. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about that one? What if Hella failed the Ted Riggs? This is one, not to keep bringing up my That's kids. That's a horrible but idea. Just watched uh, What If as well. So we were talking about it a little bit. This is the one that I felt like. I don't know how this works. Like, this is not a what if scenario. Like, what is the actual what if here? It It's in the title, what if hell is on the 10 rigs, but that's not what it is. It's more like, what if things happened a little differently with Hella back in the day, and then she fell into Shang-Chi, and we essentially did the plot of Shang-Chi, but back in time, and then followed that, but it was also Hella, and then she fought Odin at the end, the end. And Kate Blanchett, yeah. awesome. So yeah. good. Very fun in the episode, but... I don't, I don't know what this was. Uh, to me, it was like, what if we did a comedy episode about Hela, the <laughs> least funny character maybe in the MCU, a character that is just evil and menacing. Mm-hmm. And they, and I was like, oh, I'm definitely not what I expected from this episode. And uh, Pete, you must have loved this. It this episode proved that if you just follow the main karate teachings of uh, Mr. Miyagi and Karate Kid, you can turn evil to straight up good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. I mean, those 80s messages that we got, you know, whether it was G.I. Joe or different movies and stuff. Live that big up life. Yeah, you just, it's uh, it's all there. The blueprints are there. We just got to go back to the source material. Mm. 
One hundred percent. Yeah, this didn't really work for me. Um, why don't we go on to the next one, which. Again, very interesting episode. I'm not quite sure if it's a what if, but what if the Avengers assembled in 1602? Now, the weirdest part about this to me is this is Columbus a very loose blue. adaptation of 1602 yeah. by Neil Gaiman and Andy Cooper. They hit very vaguely, occasionally a plot point here and there, but they also didn't include them in any way. It's also strange Beyond that, that two episodes prior, we ended with Cahorty going to Spain to confront Queen Isabella in aroundish the same time period. And then they were like, nope, not connected, different universe. And that they were two entirely separate episodes. I Agreed. like the look of it. Very fun to see everybody in yeah. these Renaissance type costumes or whatever. Shakespeare. You're, yeah. You're your sucker for that kind of uh, period. Tom Hiddleston. Very funny in the episode. Just yeah. getting to hang out and do his Loki thing. That was yeah. fun. Uh, you As a classically pretty, trained actor, I appreciated the use of the globe. You seem pretty down on this one, Justin. No, no I actually thought this was pretty good. I love, I mean, again, Captain Carter. Uh, love seeing the captains together. Um, I, yeah. I was imagining not knowing what 1602 was and watching this episode and being like, what is this? Because like we have that advantage just to be like, oh, of course they're going to do this. This is a big Marvel comics event. So it makes sense. They would translate that here. Uh, fun time period. It's a little strange to me that um, Happy Hogan is now just like the freak <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but uh, I'll buy into it because it's in the same season. Strange, the hella redemption. Someone must be a hella fan in the What If writer's room that there's mm-hmm. so much of that here. And it's interesting to me that Steve and Peggy can't ever be happy, except for, a, I guess, in Endgame, mm-hmm. the end of Endgame, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like that. That's a good theme to follow up on. I actually thought that was a good emotional thread throughout the season to have – Steve and Peggy never being able to get together to have it's that as something they can keep returning to. It's supposed it's, to be heartbreaking. It gets yeah, you emotionally but involved. Give though. us a little something if you're going to twist it around with the what if. Like, what if they had some happiness in their lives? You know, like future episode. Yeah. The last what if episode. Happy Hogan was in a thruple with Steve and Peggy, is what you're saying. Right, On Pete? the moon. Well, what I'm excited for is if we got Die Hard in this season, next season, we got to get Weekend at Bernie's, right? Come on. The natural progression of yeah. films. Now yeah. that's a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, but good looking episode. Why don't we talk about the finale then? What if Strange Supreme intervened? Um, I didn't love this episode. I liked aspects of this episode, but this just fell into what, like the very typical Marvel, we are blasting different types of energy at each other over and over and over again for an entire episode. Plus the whole idea of you have Cohorty getting these portals and being like, okay, we got to get everybody from Strange Supreme, putting the portals as far away from them as possible just so they could do the dropping, pulling back up thing over and over again. Very inefficient. It, it didn't make sense. And I I don't know. I don't know why. Like you're saying, this plot felt like just let's make this extreme. And like they have to fall really far to the portals. They have so much energy that they're going to have swords there. And they're also going to shoot energy. I was like, what? None of this. This is felt feels like a 10 year old's idea of like how to make something more extreme. When what I wanted is just like 
there's so much emotionality here. And Captain Carter and Cahorty, great duo. Love seeing them together. Mm -hmm. The Strange Supreme stuff. But it just felt like we shorthanded all of that stuff so that we could see more like blue and red energy flying around. Well, what? What's a little disappointing is you say you're a classically trained actor, yet the idea of energy source doesn't get you excited. I mean, which is it, man? Are you either in or are you out? So, Wait, how are those two things at all related? I'm not a classically talking, trained. This physicist. is like this is taking a couple of steps, but he's talking about an Arthur Miller's death of a salesman when Willie Bowman dies by an energy sword. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's true. I forget that. He was martinizing the car when... Uh, well, he's selling the, them. That's what he sells. He sells energy swords, and it's ironic because... It you're acting it. like sprinkling in some energy swords isn't a great idea every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, if you're bringing up classical theater, like you'd be surprised how little energy swords show up, especially in like Shakespeare and like... I there's remember... Because you'll see some swords... King yeah. Lear. King Lear is the one with the energy Lear. swords. Lear, yeah, that's yeah. what he's uh, – his daughters are like, put down the energy sword, Dad. You're too <laughs> old to be wielding that. Mm-hmm. And then he runs out in the rain. Anyway, And that's when the- Lear Supreme shows up and he's yeah! like, I must collect those daughters of yours, Lear. <laughs> what if King Lear had five daughters? Great oh, episode. man, yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, back to this episode. Yeah, there's just a bunch of things. Like, I, I feel like the bones of an idea were there because, like you said, the Captain Carter cohorty team up, great. Love them together. They should be on a team together. Please do that going forward. Very full fun. Season. a good time. Uh, yes, 100%. Like, I would absolutely watch a full season of that. But them running and encountering all of these universe killers that are not mostly from previously in the season was weird to me. Like they have a Hela, but it's not any of the Hellas that we've seen previously. They bring up uh, Killmonger is there, but that's from the previous season, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it didn't quite come together beyond the fact that Strange Supreme, other than popping up here and there, his story was in the first season. So this more seemed a conclusion, a second part to that, than a conclusion to season two. So that was a little bit of a bummer. Um, that all said, we do end with a shot that I thought was very interesting, and I wonder how late in the process this happened, where after being taken back to the Watcher's house, his Crystal Palace, um, or whatever you call it, Crystal Hallway, I guess, He and Peggy go to the bridge in Central Park, and then the turns around, and our final shot is them looking at Loki Tree, the Loki Tree, from the end of Season 2. My thought there is that seems to be, like, probably a late-in-the-process addition of, like, oh, yeah, this is what the multiverse looks like. So the thing I've been complaining about that you guys hate to hear about, I'm sure, at this point, about them not having a clear visual sense of the multiverse it seems to me that's them bringing what if in line with what they have live action. And it's funny. We're going with tree. Yes. Something that is not inherently, it's not a clear idea of the multiverse. I would say in that you, there was one trunk and then it branches. It just, the, to me, the metaphor isn't quite right with what we've been talking about throughout all of this. Yeah, it doesn't quite work for me either. I appreciate them trying to do it. It did look a little janky there at the end. And also, if you didn't know why, you know, it, it's it's not really much of a clear explanation there. But I guess they assume anybody who is watching this at this point has already watched 
everything in the MCU. So I was yeah. hoping next to the tree they would have Throg or something, yeah. Mm, just as like a little Easter egg. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny you say that, Pete, because like when you were talking about the the universe killer stuff, I wish we could have seen some Easter eggs for, for like if you're just going to do random stuff. Yeah. There are some stuff that the comics fans might like mm-hmm. in there yeah, that we could just yeah. like, especially because if you're an MCU fan and you see, you know, a character from the MCU with a comic book take on him, like, let's go. Like, mm. let's see a Red Hulk. Let's see, like, something that, like, gets let's us see to Eugene a Eugene Cordero. You know what I mean? Like, well, what's up? That's not quite exactly what I was saying, but uh, oh, you mean just you. Eugene Cordero being like, hi, I... Hi. Uh, we could see, like, uh, what if Happy actor. Hogan was actually funny instead of just... Hey! Adjacent, <laughs> you know? Funny adjacent. Uh, and my big takeaway at the end of the season, US the end of the episode was, like, does the Watcher have a crush on Peggy? Ooh, yes. Maybe. Maybe that's why we we're going to find out that's why he she's always separated from Steve. Is the watcher is preventing oh, it's it. the He's watcher's fault. That little freak. He's the intervener. <laughs> Couple of quick things at the end here. This is almost definitely a stretch because I don't think they're actually going to connect the animation stuff in any significant way into the live action stuff. But having the Loke tree at the end definitely made me feel a little bit like, oh, you could use that as a way of getting Captain Carter into like secret wars down the line. Have mm-hmm. her there with the watcher as whatever goes wrong with the Loki tree. That leads to Secret Wars, so that might be kind of fun. And the other thing we should probably talk about, though, is Season 3. So why don't we go to our vision board and talk about what's going forward. They actually released, I don't know if this leaked or what happened, but a three-ish minute scene from an episode next season that I believe is, what if the Red Guardian found the Winter Soldier? So it's basically like young Red Guardian in the 1980s, and they're going on a road trip together. Bill Foster is there. There's a character named Ranger Morales who shows up, which may be related to Miles Morales, potentially, who I believe is voiced by America Ferreira. But we do know Mm -hmm. season three is definitely happening. It's in production. It's coming soon, according to Marvel. And the other thing that we know is that, oh gosh, I think his name is AC Bradley, uh, is, I'm just going to look this up really quickly. Um, anyway, he's not, yeah, AC Bradley is not coming back for the next season and has left Marvel. So there's going to be a new showrunner in charge. Um, oh. thoughts on any or all of that or what you want to see out of the next season? Well, it's interesting in this time when Marvel's, no matter what your take is, Marvel's changing their, the way they make stuff. So what does that mean for what if something that has been pretty steady in its production, but changing creative team, maybe they're going to change it a little bit. Maybe it can be a little bit more like the sort of notes we're talking about, or maybe, maybe it becomes its own thing a little bit more. and doesn't feel like it's ancillary to the movies. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunity here to, to take bigger swings. Yeah. I'm hoping this next season is all going to be about uh, Peggy and cap uh, getting together and being happy. Just a date. date I mean, one thing that they haven't really touched, it, they just started getting into the Phase 4 stuff, right? Like, they brought in Shang-Chi and Black Widow, but that's pretty much it. They haven't done anything at any of the other TV stuff, and there's a whole wealth of characters they potentially could touch on there. I think that might be interesting to mix things in. Um, yeah. The other thing that I think is going to be interesting, and this is sort of the greater MCU thing, but going into this year, we have Echo, as we're taping, is coming up in another couple of days, like Woo-hoo! literally two days. And then beyond yeah, that, right. we have Deadpool coming out towards the end of July, but that's the only thing that's dated. Otherwise, the only things that they've said are 
most likely coming out in 2024 are Eyes of Wakanda, which is an animated series about folks in Wakanda trying to get back vibranium from the outside world. And then also, forgetting the actual name now, I think it's Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which was originally called Spider-Man Freshman Year, which is a non-continuity, non-main MCU continuity series. So potentially... Beyond everything else, this might be actually a big year for Marvel animation where we get that Wakanda series, the Spider-Man series, and What If Season 3. Are we getting Marvel Zombies? Marvel Zombies hasn't been dated, but they have been working on that. Oh, and the other one is X-Men 97. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so... a lot of animated stuff coming. A lot of animated stuff this year, which is interesting. It's Marvel getting back to its roots, you know? Well, when, let me. The way this ends with with Captain Carter with the Watcher, like there's a way this new season could be like a little more like, all right, Captain Carter, go do this, and mm-hmm. and, and she becomes sort of the avatar of the Watcher, which that could be awesome too, like a sliders type deal, except with Captain Carter. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. She gets a little team around her, mm-hmm. exiles from the comic book world. Oh yeah, comic book world. I'd be super into that. That would be a me very too. fun way of shaking it up. So yeah. I guess we will see. In the meantime, if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about What If or Marvel or the MCU. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X. Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, stay Marvelous. Stay big gulps. Yeah.